Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. We also sometimes talk about Scott Bakula, because he makes me happy. I'm Elaine. <laughs> I'm Carly. I'm Scott. You're Sorry, not. John. Not. <laughs> I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific horror, oh, a specific movie, John. A specific John. horror movie? I have oh, God. horror thriller. God, I would That's die. That's Tony's it's other podcast. It's not Tony's birthday month. <laughs> I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama oh, and romance. I have action and adventure. If we all had to pick horror movies all the time, I would quit this podcast. <laughs> nah. I did think about if we if we did another podcast. I know we can't because we don't have the time. I would want to do like a cryptid one, but I don't know if you guys would do that with me. Like Bigfoot and, and shit like that, scary I stuff. I love How monster long is that movies, really? though. How many of those would you really go through? There's a lot. Right now? There's a lot of them. Really? Yeah. I but did pick both Anaconda and Lake Placid for the podcast. I do I love a monster down. movie. And, and the Megalodon. And, yeah, the Megalodon. Also. Vic has been going crazy about how much he loves that movie. I was like, dude, you have to listen to our episode of the podcast. Goes, you, got, did, you did the Meg. I was like, yeah. He goes, dude, that movie is so great. I was like, I know, right? It is great. Even John kind of likes that movie. And he hates movies. But we. I hate movies. movies. All of them. But I also did what? I did uh, 98's Godzilla. That movie. That's a cryptid movie. Cryptid. You, do, you did the new Godzilla, too, didn't you? Godzilla vs. King Kong? No, no not, not yet. yet. I, I should have Are you sure? Because I feel like we talked about it on the podcast. We talked about it, but she We've talked about it a couple of times. We talked about it during Hunt for the Wilder People because that kid is in Godzilla vs. King Kong mm-hmm. as a just waste of like space. It. Like, it's a waste of a good Hunt actor. Hunt for the Wilder People or no, Godzilla? You didn't, you didn't like Godzilla vs. King I Kong. I did not. Well, I did, but I'm still sad about the ending of that, that there was no Kongs in the center of the or in, uh, the universe. Yeah. Spoiler for Godzilla vs. King Kong. Because that's not the way that there things might work. It also had Mecha Godzilla in it, and that was pretty cool. But that movie's a little dumb. <laughs> but I liked it. The movie was a lot dumb. It right? did make me watch King Kong, though, and no, that movie is good. No, I think we've done this. We need to check, because I'm pretty sure I remember talking about how they have the super secret... La- um, Government facility and these three morons that you have to be are able yeah, to just get the fuck in. We talked about it during Hunt for the Wilder People because of that. Did we talk about the Hunt for the Wilder People? I don't know. <laughs> a little bit. Mostly about King Kong and Godzilla. That movie is delightful. You should watch it if you haven't. <laughs> Hunt for the Wilder People? Yeah, it's pretty it's good. I like it. It was pretty good. <laughs> it's cute. All right, so anyway, this less, week on the podcast is my pick. <laughs> yeah, how'd you pick? Not. Godzilla versus King Kong. No, I picked 2008's Bottle Shock. Because I was feeling nostalgic for some Alan Rickman. We barely <laughs> have time for one podcast, let alone two. It's mm. mm. a bummer. That's what I'm saying. I did decide I'm not working summer school this summer, so I could do something in the summer, but not. I don't uh, know, man. <laughs> I don't have time for my life. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> this movie was written... There's three um, writers credited. Two of them are a married couple. Um, that is Randall Miller, who also directed it, and Jody Savin. They're married. Well, I'll say right. They also wrote CBGB from 2013, um, 1988's Witchcraft, mm-hmm. <laughs> Noble Son. I don't know any of those movies. I mean, I've, I've heard, heard of CBGB. CBGB. I heard that was bad. And his and not in the good way, but in like the bad way. Not Michael Jackson bad. No, Shimon. And Jody Savin, the wife, is I think she's the female judge at the tasting in the movie. Okay. She is in the movie, uh, and then yeah. the other writer credited was Ross Schwartz, and he has not done maybe like a short in this, and that's it. 
So I didn't write anything down for him. Um, but Randall Miller also directed Class Act. <laughs> the kid and play movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> wow. Where, where wow. kid and play get their identities confused. So one, one's a street thug, one's a genius. So I wrote that down because I was like, huh. <laughs> I ever tell you my grandma hung out with him? Kid? Uh, not, the one, not the one with the big box. Play. Yeah. Your grandma hung out with play. Yeah. Did they play cars together? Yeah. No, I don't know because what they did. That's the only way I could see that happening. Oh, my God. They were in Las Vegas together or something, and he... she hung out there and hung out with him. And she kept telling me, I hung out with so-and-so, but she said his name. And I was like, I don't know who the fuck that is, Nana. And she goes, he's famous. I hung out with him when we, we had drinks and played slots and stuff. And I was like, and then she showed me the picture of her and him together that he signed. And I was like, is that play? play? <laughs> she goes, I don't know, but he was so nice. I was like, okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, John. Did she know he was famous at the time? Well, was, yeah, because people were making. She didn't know who he was, but so she's there hanging out with just, just, yeah. just some nice lady. guy that she sees, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden people so are like, "Oh my God, can I get your autograph?" He's like, "Sure." Yeah. She's oblivious to what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Intriguing facts about Randall Miller: He also directed 1995's House Guest, starring Sinbad. Nice. <laughs> that was a good movie. Oh, he also Maple did Ridge. Oh, Maple the Ridge. The pilot episode <laughs> of Salute Your Shorts. I don't remember. And I watched that show when I was a kid. One episode of Northern Exposure, which is one of my favorite TV shows of all time, That's which is very, very it. fucking hard to find. I'm very. saying. Why is it not streaming somewhere? I was going to buy one of seasons. not they expensive. Yes. It's <laughs> ridiculous. She also was in Vegas when they Ooh, maybe I should ask. Me and John were discussing. She in, the, uh, she in there? Christmas. She says she may be. But and we were trying to decide how we want to do Christmas this year. Because so it's just us. That's me. And where, even if on. Cross comes home, we're there not going to buy him a bunch of shit. Because he's just going back to A school, right? Yeah. And Gwen probably won't come home. So we were trying to. And I was and I was like, well, maybe we should have a budget. And then mm-hmm. you just spend what's in the budget. But then we couldn't decide on a budget. Because <laughs> you guys like expensive things. Well, I was like $1,000 maybe. But then if I knew he spent $1,000 on me, I'd feel uncomfortable. Even if I spent $1,000 on him, I'd still feel uncomfortable if I knew he had spent $1,000 on me. I know. I'd be like, but we could put that $2,000 toward the roof. You know? <laughs> but maybe but maybe I'll ask for the t- for Northern Exposure on DVD because it's expensive thousand, and hard to find. That's about $1,000. We've looked because we've thought about buying you seasons, yeah. and it is pricier than I so far. Ago. <laughs> oh my god! I saw something in Uncommon Goods that I really want to get Tony, but it's like two hundred dollars, and I'm it's like, that much. seems like that's too much to spend on yeah. Tony for Christmas. Why couldn't it be like sixty dollars? Well, just tell me what it is. But, Maybe he'll get it for his birthday because I'm already spending more than I normally do on this Christmas present. Would you like? <laughs> would you like to, me to tell you? You want me to whisper it to you later? Later. I'll show you later. We can talk about it when they go get the food. Oh, that's <laughs> No, no, you're going to get the food. Chugging wine. Oh. Kiss my ass. We're drinking too. Anyways. Uh, chugging it. Anyways, back to this. Uh, we the are starring. In front of her car I'm, like, they're not going to go get food. <laughs> I'm the only one drinking this Moscato. I could kill this whole bottle. You couldn't stop me. You guys had to split your red. Sorry. Go on with to your To be fair, the red is higher alcohol content by double. Northern Exposure on DVD. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would um, really like it. Welcome back to the podcast, Alan Rickman from Love Actually, A Little Chaos, Sweeney Todd, and Galaxy Quest. Whole thing? Yeah, he's in good stuff. You are beloved. That's crazy. Has it, is it on, on sale? Yes. Well, buy it now. <laughs> 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 Welcome back to the podcast, Chris Pine from This Means War and Star Trek. Welcome back wow. to the podcast, Bill Pullman and from you know Lake what? Placid. Of course, every time I see Chris Pine, you look at him and go, you can see the makeup now. 
<laughs> you never saw how much makeup he has on until you. Someone said it. Now yeah. I notice and everything. He's like that motherfucker. I believe it was late. <laughs> His makeup is not the problem in this movie. Uh, he came on screen and John goes what is on his head and I said I don't know a yak's wig that's nice oh man Uh, welcome back to the podcast because it gives you a blue tint Rachel Taylor who is Sam yep from I believe she was John's favorite character in Transformers yes Yes, she was was. (laughs) who's that now the The girl Sam the blonde oh yeah Mm -hmm. she's not my favorite character in this I was very disappointed in her <laughs> and then we also had Freddie Rodriguez from Bull and Six Feet Under plays um, Guzma, uh, Gustavo. Gustavo. God, I keep wanting to totally say Guzman. <laughs> Why do I want to call him Guzman? Because that's know. a cool name. Uh, Dennis Farina Maurice is from Get Shorty and Snatch. The woman judge. Her name and her character name is Odette. I noticed, I remember because I was thinking if I had another daughter, I think Odette would be a cool name. When I saw her That's name, I said, happen. one of my students' mom's name is Odette. That's a cool name. <laughs> is that People. short for something? Oh, wait a minute. So you're always like, no. don't Odette? have the baby no, fever. Watch you have your baby fever and you're naming the unborn children. I always have baby names in my back of my mind. It's fun to name things. Maybe I will get a chow chow and name it Odette. I no, won't because I'm going to name adults. it Lopan. <laughs> Lopan. <laughs> but... I've wanted a chow chow that I could name Lil Pan for like that would be cool. two decades at least. <laughs> if I got a black one, it would be named Lil Pan. If I got a golden one, I would name it Wang Chi. I don't know why Wang Chi is golden and Lil Pan is black. Wang but Chi's I prefer black chow chows because they're guy. so yeah. cute. They are cute. They're like my favorite. And Martha Stewart had black chow chows, and it's like the only good thing about Martha Stewart. <laughs> Wow. All right. Casting shade we on Mark. She's a criminal. She is. And friends with Snoop Dogg, and he's a jackass. Neither are, are uh, signs of high. We have Eliza Dushku from Buffy Vampire Slayer. The show. Yeah. <laughs> Not the movie. Bring It On mm-hmm. and Dollhouse. Yeah. And Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. And I have a special mention. You do. To a man mm-hmm. named Greg Collins. Yeah. yeah who is the trucker that they fight in the parking lot of the bar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He is a welcome back to the podcast from Gone in 60 Seconds, Armageddon, Godzilla, Con Air, and The Rock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. See, stunt man? I wrote down, he was a cop in Gone in 60 Seconds. He was Halsey in Armageddon. He was a soldier on the bridge in Godzilla. He was a guard in Con Air. And he was Private Gamble in The Rock. I wrote it down, just in case you asked. Wow. <laughs> Your jack is coming, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he looked very familiar to me. Because he's in everything. I was yeah. like, is that guy? He has 171 acting credits. Wow. Well, he's probably not on set very long. Well, I thought... How long do you think it took to film this entire movie for him? I thought A day? Maybe... He's in one scene. I thought maybe he was an MMA fighter because he was pretty big. But, I mean, he looked extremely familiar to me. Well, now you know why. He's in the background of every movie you've ever watched. <laughs> He was in Lucifer. He was in Ray Donovan. He was in How to Get Away with Murder. Well, no, I he was in the Hawaii Five O TV shows. I like Lucifer until the end. Did you watch the end of Lucifer? Nah. Oh Amanda God, did, that jumped but the shark we didn't. bad. I don't like what's her name. Oh my! When she showed up, I was like, ugh. 
I don't like her. Negative Sonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah. She's not a good actress. He was in Entourage. He was in Chuck. That whole last season. He was in 24. He was in The Dollops. He was in True Blood. He was in everything. He was in Fast and Furious, the original. He was the lead investigator on that. Shitty cop. Good job. He was in How I Met Your Mother. Man, he is in everything. CSI Miami. All right, Let's talk about right. this movie now. So this movie had a budget of five million dollars, and worldwide, drunk. it grossed four point six. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that. not very much. It has a forty-eight percent tomato meter, a fifty-eight percent audience score, and a fifty-six percent Metacritic. Mm-hmm. I have two reviews. Shadowy mm-hmm. Cat. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, in July Shadowy of '08, uh huh, said bottle this and savor it again and again. <laughs> there was other stuff, but that's all I wrote down. But Vicky D. Johnson, who made her profile name her name, yeah, she Smart she <laughs> she must have done that just to do a review, like something. I don't know how many reviews this lady did, but Vicky got so pissed she just used her name to talk about something. You don't usually do that when you like something. No. In May of '09, so mm-hmm. eleven years later, yes. gave it a one out of ten. Bottle schlock. Oh, One yeah. of the worst, worst movies. One of the worst? worst movies we have ever seen. The writing is so bad that it makes me want to start writing scripts. Obviously, anyone can do it. But I love the British actor and his scenes with his American friend. I was like, wow. <laughs> Damn. I love that British guy and his American friend. <laughs> well, the I British mean, guy. Farina is Alan Rickman yes. is the British guy. That's like someone being like, James Conn's that guy from that elf movie. <laughs> Which is how we do it in our house. <laughs> all right, what do you think? Going in a lane. All right, I so he's holding. <laughs> I didn't know what this was about, but I looked it up. Wait, and there's a lot. Yeah, there is. So I looked it up and I read the Bad blurb before we started watching it, and I was like, "This is kind of interesting." And then I and then I said, "Oh shit, Dennis Farina is in it. He's awesome." <laughs> so I was kind of looking forward to it. All right, what do you think, John? I thought, what is this about? Wine. Chris Pine is in it. Is he the winemaker? What is he doing here? Whatever. Oh. I'm sure it'll be lovely. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> what do you think, Tony? I was like, Ford versus Ferrari, but with wine? Okay. Tony walked by and he said, actually, I think I've taken some classes on this and I'm supposed to know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to know a little bit more well, about this than I remember. And I need you to tell me uh, how realistic it is. Because it's, as soon as this... It comes up and it goes based on a new true, true story, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be good." I read that the uh, I, I, I did do some reading on it. Interesting. Um, I do no research ever. A lot of the people, mm-hmm. like the stuff that happened in California, was pretty accurate, real and accurate. Uh, but the the father and son did not actually live at the vineyard. They lived mm-hmm. closer to L.A., which is why he was a surfer. And he was actually a surfer. Yeah. But you're not surfing in Napa Valley. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they would drive up. And the guy they bought the vineyard from is the one that actually made the wine full-time on there. Okay. And then eventually he went off and made his own wine again. Um and Gustavo's character only came onto the scene like the year that this happened. And then when the old owner moved to do his own wine again, he went with him. And oh, then okay. he didn't actually come out with his own wine until 1996. But Gustavo wines is a thing yeah. that you can buy. <laughs> so a lot of that stuff, and like the boxing never happened. That was 
Oh, that's depressing. Whenever I hear based on a true story, I think of assumed a position with uh, yes. Robert Wall. And you could pretty loose. Based on a true story is pretty loose. Like, you have to use the right names. Yeah, sure, it's yeah. based on a true story. Also, Most of it's bullshit. the reaction to the brown, mm -hmm. the, the dude who was actually making the wine knew exactly what it was. So all that Ooh, that is happened. true, though, that it, <laughs> it the wine was brown. It. But it, it, <laughs> it didn't almost lose it, and it didn't, yeah. you know, that's different. <laughs> uh, but I, the Stephen Spurrier... Somebody who has done like a biography or whatever said that pretty much none of that was true. <laughs> I, had a, I had a feeling that that was going to be a thing. Like, so when they got, when we found out, spoilers at the end, it was like, oh yeah, that happens. If you're really good at making wine, it'll turn brown, but it'll go away. I'm like, wait, but these guys make wine and no one fucking yeah. knew that. <laughs> they said, you've got to have the dirt under your nails and in your blood. I'm like that fucker didn't Which know. You don't. Yeah, but we knew it was based on a true story, so they have. So they I'm like, oh, events the taste the testing name. really did happen. California wines weren't a big deal before this happened. That you know, like it's it is based on stuff that really did happen, and mm -hmm. that those two wines really did win. And <laughs> well, they're in the fucking Sonoma, the Smithsonian now, the Sonoma. Jesus Christ, I am already drunk. Why are you letting me drink? What's wrong with you? All right. So, the movie opens and we are in Napa Valley in, in 1976. My lips are dry. I have lip oil on. Tony was one year old. Aww. <laughs> wow, she just outed you he to the podcast. said that when we were watching it. Thanks. See that bus that she threw you under? I saw that. Mm. Hippies making wine. <laughs> Jim Barrett owns a vineyard that is not doing well financially and is disappointed by his loser son, Bo. Mm -hmm. At the same time, welcome in Paris, back to the podcast, Bo. I would, now it's a dude. I, know, right? I would be disappointed by my loser son, Bo, and his yak's wig. <laughs> <laughs> At no point did he comb that hair. If At I no had point did I think that my, hair was real. <laughs> if I had sent my son to France to represent California vintners, you know what I would do? Make him cut his fucking hair. <laughs> so pissed about that. Yes. Huh. Also. Um, no one with eyebrows that dark as the blonde. <laughs> Those fucking dark ass caterpillars Chris Pine has on his head, and they give that kid a blonde wig. Wig, wig. What the fuck? It's gonna be a long episode. Oh man, I have thoughts. Can At the same, I hope you do. At the same time, in Paris, Stephen Spurrier, who owns a wine store and academy, discusses his lack of customers with his business neighbor, an American named Maurice. Who's not a customer I'm or sorry. a student? That dude's American. His name is Maurice. Yes, he's from Milwaukee. He ain't from Milwaukee. He is. I know Maurice. And he's like, yo, I'm from Milwaukee. You know how it is. He says, I'm not a customer. I'm an enthusiastic advocate. I knew Maurice, <laughs> and Growing I said, up. me too. <laughs> you know Maurice. He was Maurice. black. I also black too. Really? Mine was mm -hmm. black too. Maurice really? Bobo. No Maurice bullshit. Sanders. Maurice Jenkins. I don't know anybody. <laughs> he's a really good artist. <laughs> Well, sometimes they Holy call me Maurice. Well, there you go. That. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She didn't know Maurice? Steven. No, no. I said sometimes they call me Maurice. <laughs> and she laughed. Because she heard me. But you guys weren't listening. Sometimes they Some call people me call me Maurice. Yeah. But I'm a joker. Mm. I'm a smoker. I'm not a midnight toker because I never <laughs> smoked weed. Space cowboy. What? Wow. Steven goes to an event held by the new Federation of Wine Dignitaries. Mm -hmm. He has to prove he bought a seat before they let him in, and then he is seated by the kitchen door all alone at a tiny table. It's really fucking funny. And they keep up. opening the door into him. <laughs> it's pretty shitty. So what you're saying is the French people treat people like shit. Yes. The French, they fuck with them. Once again, the French, they fuck with us. That's why Americans hate the French. Why do we Everyone hate the French, the French so much? 
Not everybody. Like everybody hates the French. Well, not the French. Well, no, because you have to understand <laughs> that like there's French people. So I've been to France. Uh huh. And French people outside of Paris are just like any anywhere else. They're reasonably mm-hmm. nice to you if you try to, you know. Yeah. You go to Paris, them fuckers are assholes. So is that like the same with like Americans outside of New York and L.A. are really yes. good people, but when you go to New York and L.A., they're just fucking dipshits? Yes. It's exactly like that. So when you say, oh, the French, they're all assholes. Not really. But everybody in internationally only sees New York and L.A., but so they, they don't see Americans that... they think assholes. When you go to Paris, I mean to France, you go to Paris, like, wow, French are assholes. That's not really true. People from Paris are assholes. Okay. That was my experience. Well, there's a whole thing with, uh, there was a big trend about five or six years ago where they were having to counsel people from Japan because they were all going to Paris and depressed because they had built up in their minds that Paris was this amazing city. And then when they get there, they're like, eh. (laughs) That's weird. depression. I I didn't get depressed. I was like, oh, the Eiffel Tower. Tourist depression? Hey, you want to go see it? I can see it right there. That's right. I would like to really, see the Eiffel Tower. It's really not that impressive. It's, it's not remember when we went to go see the Sistine Chapel and you're like, oh, there I'd it is. Go to London. It's a lot like that. I don't want to go to London yeah, or Paris. I, to to see that. I would rather go to like it's a big Ireland pyramid. or like <laughs> the South. Like I drove by it. Scotland. I just want to see like really pretty scenery. If I was going to England, I want to see the Moors. I don't know why. I just think that'd be a lot cooler. We're not going to wait in line the entire day. All right. I'd like to do a tour. <laughs> I wouldn't like Probably Austria and Austin theme tour. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like if you're really going to Europe, Austria is the place to go because it seems like it would Austria? be. Austria. I I feel like Vienna. It's overlooked, England. and it used to be such England? a cool place. I've been there. Yeah, it rained. I was there three but days. It rained every I don't actually want to travel. I think in my head I want to travel, but I don't actually want to travel. No, what was weird about England was the food. The food was weird. Oh, food sucks. Because I don't actually <laughs> like to go do things. I don't like to travel for more but than the, like 10 the days. the chocolate biscuits were then I'm ready to come home. <laughs> I, don't I had know. a great time in Spain. Think of sweet Every time I go on vacation <laughs> from work, <laughs> after four days, I'm just what like, what's happening at work when I'm not there? Which is not... You know what they didn't have? Coffee. But... All right. Well, back at work. I like tea anyway. Steven tells Maurice that he has to make some changes and actually sell some wine. Sometimes. And Maurice explains that he needs to branch out. He's like, you call yourself an academy of wine and you have only four bottles in this whole place that aren't French wines. And you should be presenting it from a global perspective. So you got three Rieslings and a... Chianti. Chianti. <laughs> One Italian, three Germans, and the rest is French. And then he also said, there's a reason they call him Frankie fucking Fourfingers. They don't call him that. I read an article recently that California snatch. is producing wine that rivals the French. Ooh. Maybe you should check it out. And, uh, and he becomes an asshole to Americans. Back in California, Jim decides they need to rack the wine again. And Bo thinks he's being crazy. I don't know what that means. Tony, rack the wine means we move wine from... Uh, like a barrel to another container to another container. You do that. To, sometimes it changes the flavors when you move it from like a barrel to like a cylinder or a drum. So it's like when you have like an oaked wine, you have like an oak drum. So they move it. It's, it's sort of a purification thing, but it also changes the flavor. And he's doing it for purification because it's not clear yet. And thank God we have Tony the wine guy. <laughs> Uh, both thinks he's being crazy. No one in the valley racks more than three times, and they've already done it five times with this Chardonnay. They duke it out. Apparently, how they handle disputes is boxing. <laughs> I like this a lot. I, I actually did too. <laughs> it reminds me of um, "She's the One." Have you guys seen that? 
I've been wanting Carly to pick uh-huh. that for the podcast with Jennifer Aniston. Yes, I've seen it. Pick it for my movie. birthday. I really like that movie. Does Jennifer Aniston get in a boxing match? No, it's. It's a um, Burns. Ed Burns. Yeah, it's an Eddie Burns movie. It oh, I do love the, Eddie Smitty Burns. I think you've actually seen it. It has the dad from Frasier in it. He plays uh, their John dad. John Maloney. And yeah. Cameron Diaz is kind of in it. Yeah. Cameron Diaz is in it. She's in it for, for like a little part. It's it's really good. I like it. It was a, a favor for somebody. Hey, you're busy today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that it's really good, and I like. I, I know. Love it a lot. We watch but it then, crap. Yeah. no, I've seen it many times. But Carly's never gonna pick it because I just thought I liked it. And it's really good. <laughs> Damn. Carly's wow. never seen it. What well, do y'all well, should, you pick should it for watch it? <laughs> Eddie Burns makes good movies. I, you never I saw the like beast, and you picked that. Like that him. was a request. I feel like people yeah, don't was that really movie like your Eddie sister Burns. picked that you had never seen. You it's picked really that. Good. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Sam, the new intern, arrives while they're fighting. Bo is distracted by the new hot lady and loses the fight. But the impression I get is that he often loses the fights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's really not. The Fitzpatrick's. <laughs> In Paris, Maurice takes Stephen outside and across the street, and they turn around, and he's like, Look at our two stores. If you're just walking down the street, which one are you going to notice? And Maurice's shop is covered in polka dots. <laughs> and he's like, it depends. Are you looking for a bottle of wine or a limo tour of the city? And he's like, that may be true, but Pierre Terry frequents my establishment, not yours. And he is a big wig wine guy in Paris. And Stephen is like, the Pierre Terry goes to your establishment right next door to mine and is never coming to mine. Yikes. I mean, that yep. would upset me. And this gives him an idea. They go to a cafe that Maurice knows Mr. Terry is at, and Stephen goes in to talk to him about an idea he has. Mr. Terry is not interested in being bothered by Stephen. <laughs> but when he comes out, he's like, he agreed. He just has some stipulations. Stephen has to make a $500 donation, charitable donation to the Federation of Wine. And, uh, I'm sure. The French don't fit. fuck around with their wine, man. And they're going to do Champagne a blind taste test with Spark all the these yeah, yeah. French <laughs> Wine Federation members as judges to determine so whether Fre- French wines or California wines are better. I'm surprised he got this dude to agree to this. They seem to be shunning him pretty hard. Well, bucks a lot and yet he gets this guy to agree. Six. Yeah, I think it was uh, not so much the money. I think it was a chance to show how great France is. Yeah, the French they fuck with us, right? <laughs> because if you if you are convinced that you have got the best shit, it's like saying, okay, we're gonna have a pizza, a New York style pizza challenge. The New Yorkers are all gonna go, yeah, we're in that, because they're sure they're also, gonna win. Also, if you are kind of in charge of a big club and mm-hmm. you like to get you have meetings, and this dude's like, I think you should do a meeting where you compare your our stuff to their stuff. You might be like, all right, I didn't really have an idea for next month. You know? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Give us 500 bucks, and I'll do it. Um, So Stephen is absolutely sure that the judges will have no difficulty whatsoever singling out the French wines when compared to the screw-top California. (laughs) A lot of wines come in a screw-top now. Not in the 76 days. So that wine that Elaine is drinking, is that from California? No, that one was no, Italian. Italian. That was the Italian, the La Moscato. Ferrari with the screw top. <laughs> Most of the, the Italian red <laughs> that we are drinking is Californian, and it had a cork. <laughs> so, so, fuck you, French. But Mayomi, one of my favorites, is that California? No, that's, uh, yeah, it is California. And it has a screw top. 
But it's one of my favorite cabs. Elaine's favorite wine is a wine called Dolcino, which she hasn't had in 20 years. That's it. Italian. Italian. Yeah. Because you can only get it in Italy. How does she even know it's her favorite? <laughs> because when we were living in Italy, she drank it all the time. Uh, when we were coming back from Italy to here, we actually bought a case of it. And she well, drank we it all. We did do that. And, and you drank it all. I, so it, I vaguely have a memory of that. My memory is drunk. like Swiss cheese. <laughs> but cheese goes with wine. Yeah, my tolerance say. is of a two-year-old, and my memory is Swiss cheese. Mm. I know. Like, if we were to go to Italy today, I'd be like, we need to get Elaine some Dolcino. All right. Well, they need some press. Maurice will call his friend George, who is a ghostwriter who's never written about wine. But at least he knows about bottle shock. Yeah. Which Stephen says might actually improve California wines. Ouch. He's never tried them, so he's just very judgy. He's stuck up. <laughs> He's shock. got a, stu- a stick stuck Bottle right shock. up his ass. Bottle shock is a wine sickness that happens when you transport wine. People don't know why it happens, but it gets... Like, you know, you know how we say we got to let the wine breathe? Mm-hmm. Well, it happened like that when you trans when you transport it across ships and stuff like that or stuff. Some reasons, sometimes, every once in a while, it just gets weird. And, it, and then temperature fluctuations and... Yeah. What'd you say? Um... Pressure, atmosphere, yeah. pressure, pressure, pressure. All, anything. They don't really know what, why it happens, but sometimes it just mutes the flavor of wine for a week. So we'll say science okay. and voodoo. So what popped in my head? Probably Tony voodoo. says, we don't, they don't really know why it happens. So that popped in my head. SIDS. <laughs> the um, sudden infant death syndrome. They don't know why it happens, but I don't know why my brain just went there. <laughs> but that's what popped in my head. Kind of like how Bottle the positive action work. Uh, it just does. Eight. Don't move my wine. I'm not done yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. Back in I might Napa, go get the rest of the bottle. Bo and Gustavo show Sam around town. Thanks, Tony. A man hollers at Gustavo to check his back and make sure it's clear. And Gustavo is offended that this man assumes that he can just holler at this dude, hey, Chico, and issue a command. He demands an apology and says, you should have said please, and breaks the man's antenna. I really like this scene. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. The man is pissed and gets out to fight. Bo intervenes and is like, look, my friend doesn't want to fight, but he also doesn't want to oh, be called names. And your friend 100% as if he's wants inferior. to fight. You break a man's antenna, you know it's going to be I a fight. I feel like he doesn't want to fight, but then he you shouldn't have broke the antenna. He just got caught up in the moment. <laughs> I feel like he knows that Bo is going to fight for him, though. Bo, who regularly boxes with his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't make that assumption. You'll be like, all right, well, I know my friend here is a good fighter, so let me go ahead and start some shit. Well, Bo like, also ahead, thought the young. dude was a fucked up racist. I won't racist. let him kill you because, hey, you know what? If you start some shit, you got to deal with it. You got to well, sprinkle then, a little M.A.N. on yourself. Move on. And then don't start. this fucking right. Sam inserts herself into this drama, which she didn't need to be in there. <laughs> and eventually the man just leaves. He's like, hippies. Puts his hands up and gets back in the car. Well, he swings on Bo a lot, and Bo just keeps dodging and moving and saying, no, Bo's, like, gotta... trying to give him pointers, he's like, and he's getting all into it. He's, like, telegraphing your blows. He keeps leading with your hips. He's, like, you're not going to do it, man. Oh, he's, like, I'm so... out. Then they go into Joe's full bar. Dinkleman? Full Dinkleman. He's mobile. Joe is Elijah Dushku. Her father was the original Bo. He left everything to her. I don't so know if her Joe. name is actually Joe or not. Did I say? You said Bo. Oh. Joe. <laughs> Bo is Chris Pine. Um, and Bo, they, Joe, Chris Pine. they make money by conning patrons. People bet that Gustavo can't name the year, brand, and type of wines in a right. blind taste test. You know, test. The, com- the common bar bet you always see. I'm sure my friend here could name the vintage and year of a wine. <laughs> and all these dudes could, are like, oh, bullshit. He could do, he could probably do the varietal, but the, the vintage, come on. That's ridiculous. Well, I mean, it is Napa, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, I did think it was funny. They're like, oh, recent vintage. I'm like, only in a wine town where people yeah, yeah. color things like that. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, this just seemed a little, I'm going to call bullshit on this scene. They knew which three wines she was going to serve, so they were hustling. Uh, which, uh, which anybody in the bar, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that. But I'd be like, they're a fucking. This is obviously put together. Yeah. And the impression is that they do this somewhat regularly. Yeah. It's, so it's kind of stupid, but what? You would know. Gustavo takes the I bottle he wants and no. leaves. Sam is not happy about the hustling and leaves as well. Um, Gustavo goes to check on his super secret wine. He has nine barrels in this man's barn, and it's time to bottle. Also, because the other side of it is, is if we're in a bar and somebody's going to do this big bet, okay, well, I need to know you can cover it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have anything. You know, we all just threw fucking, we all threw 20s on the table. There's like $300 here. What do you got to pay for this if we mm-hmm. win? Nothing? Mm, fuck off. Exactly. Put the money up. Because he goes, I'm flush over this wallet and malt's nothing. Come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Garcia, the old man, is like, can we tell people soon about this? I don't like secrets. Tony recognized him from Jurassic Park. Um, Grant's like me. He's a digger. <laughs> and he says, soon, we'll be able to tell people soon. Stephen arrives in California and gets a flat That tire. guy's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not as much as the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jim sees him when he's driving by and stops to help him. And as Jim changes the tire, they chat. And Jim learns that Stephen is here to sample and learn about California wines so that he can bring them back to France and educate the French. If... They are palatable. And he's like, there's plenty of palatable wines in the valley. He's like, well, your idea of palatable might be different from my idea of palatable. I love how much of an asshole he is right now. <laughs> See, the French were asshole to him. He's an asshole to the Americans. The Americans are assholes to everybody. It's, it's a vicious circle. Of asshole? Mm-hmm. Like a butthole. It's like, yeah, it's like a It's, it's like a, a vicious circle. A butt. As if you had jalapeno dip. Every day for a month. Keep drinking. And now you got a vicious circle. Stop it. You can right. stop. So Stephen shows vicious. up later to try the Chardonnay at Chateau Montalena. And Jim is like, no. <laughs> and he says, did I mention that the tasting in Paris is going to be blind? And he's like, all right then. <laughs> Stephen tries it and likes it. And Jim's like, um, yeah. There's, there's a lot of good California there's wines. There's a lot of good wines. <laughs> And uh, he says, look, I don't know about you. I don't really seem to like you. I don't know. I haven't made my mind up yet. But if one wine around here does well, we all do. So I'll make some calls. And people might, people around here, not me, but people, <laughs> other people might want to get in on your tasting. He also asked how much it costs for the tasting. <laughs> and then, and Bo says to his dad, we're going to charge him <laughs> for the tasting. And his dad's like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, is this a new policy? No. <laughs> Just for him. Just for him. <laughs> and then Bo takes him to other places and he charged and he says, go take his money. Just take his money. Because <laughs> he, he even presents it. This French wine snob wants to try our wines. <laughs> take his money. And they all kind of get have this inside joke where they're making him pay when they don't normally do normally that. Do that. When they drop him back at his hotel, word has gotten out, and there's a crowd of people with one for him to try. Gustavo is in that crowd, but Bo doesn't see him. <laughs> Later, Bo and his father have it out because 
his dad is like super stressed about money and he's like do you have any ambition whatsoever you just show up whenever you feel like it because he came home I thought he was drunk I thought he was both because <laughs> he's laughing he couldn't stop giggling he came home with a surfboard obviously he's fucked up alright he came home with a surfboard first of all no one saw the problem there in fucking Napa where was he surfing exactly was he You're going like down hills? Forty-five or? minutes from San Francisco. <laughs> That's a hell of a trip for him to be that high. Yeah. Apparently, Bo really was a surfer, but lived in LA. So. Yes, but Bo had a surfboard in the scene. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's more than I'm like, surfboard. We scene. didn't need the surfboard in this movie. <laughs> like, no, it's California. All right, well, not every, not every fucking place in California. I do is on think the water. it's funny that they act like Bo saved the vin- the vineyard. <laughs> no, Bo saved Napa Valley, not the vineyard. Not all of Napa. But um, he tell Jim tells Bo he has until the end of the year or he's out on his own to like go back to college. He's like, also you're gonna need a scholarship because I'm broke. He's <laughs> like, we're not that broke. He's like, we need ten more barrels and we can't afford tires for the truck. And uh, he's uh, excuse me, he then they go fight. They're very broke and look close to losing everything. And Dad beats him up. And he's like, grow up. Woodstock was seven years ago. I don't get the reference. I'm like, um, is he living for Woodstock or something? I, don't... Yeah, maybe I think the impression was... is he's stuck in that. That hippie vibe that <laughs> everything's going to work out and I can just go through life smoking pot and not having to care about shit. Meanwhile, his dad is struggling with this vineyard that... And I did everything. We see it later and we get kind of the impression of it, but Bo and his dad didn't move here until after Bo graduated from high school. So his dad has not lived here for very long. He was a lawyer who decided he wanted to make mine yeah. wine, bought the land, and started making wine. So he went through a bad divorce. Yeah. So and his well, wife we, we married are, another partner at the first best friend. <laughs> yeah, we haven't gotten to that yet, but he's they don't mention if, if it was like an affair or something, and that's why they got divorced. Because I could see that being what makes him go from this office job to become a wine. I maker. could also see her your, being your buddy's like, fucking your wife. His makes dream you is having and a, a vineyard, and he decides to leave the practice and doesn't consult her. And she's like, "I don't want to live fucking out in Napa." <laughs> So that's funny. Like, so they don't mention it. So you could see it either way. Either is plausible, know. and that's what you went to, and that's what I went to. Because no, that's else, not what I went to. I just could see it either way. Bo was yeah. presumably raised very in the country club lifestyle. Yes, which he was probably re- rebelling about. <laughs> Look, looking it up, um, barrels for wine tend to cost between nine hundred and two thousand dollars a pop. That's today. And, that's a lot. That's today, and you get eight uses out of them. Whoa! Before they lose, and they if, need if you're oaking, if you're oaking the wine, you get eight uses before you, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> On that wow. ninth one, it's just like sorry. pricey, pricey. So base Bo Bo stays laying blah, blah, blah. on the ring. Is that his last name? On the floor in the ring for a while, thinking. And Sam comes out and lays next to him, and he asks if she thinks he's a loser, and she's like, "Well, everybody else does, but I haven't decided yet." And he's like, "Maybe Ouch. I should do something about it." And then we see him head towards San Francisco. No, she kisses him on the cheek. And then she gets up. And there's this kind of thing where he kind of is attracted to her, but she is more about being friends Mm -hmm. and learning about wine, and she doesn't want to have to sleep with him. And I feel like this is an important plot point. This is like 
because later they fuck it all up and it pisses me off so <laughs> much. But when they dropped Stephen off at his hotel that day, mm-hmm. she's like, what are we going to do now? And he's like, well, we could just get a burger and go someplace and, and screw. And she's like, I'd rather take the garbage out. <laughs> yeah. She says, why don't we get drunk and screw? And he's, he's like, we'll just get a burger then. So he is kind of... And he's kind of the guy that sleeps with everybody. And yeah, he sleeps with everybody. He's got a new girl every day. Because he's Chris Pine. If you look like that, you'd screw up a girl too. Um, later, we see Jim confront Gustavo about his secret wine. And he's like, did the Brit like your wine? And he's like, did you really think I wouldn't find out you were making wine on the side? And he fires him. And Gustavo's like, how am I supposed to pay my bills? And he's like, I don't fucking care. Well, maybe you should have thought of that before you started having a little side hustle. He's like, you should have been straight with me from the front. Now, I will say... I wanted because they keep saying if one wine if one winery succeeds we all do and they sound they seem like they're this big community that mm-hmm. supports each right. other. I wanted Jim to be supportive and Tony was like he could have taken him under his wing and released his wine like under his name yeah. as a reserve special thing. No, I feel like <laughs> but if Gustavo had wanted to do that he would have been open in the beginning. I bought these grapes. I'm going to make my own wine, and we can work together on this. But he didn't. He wanted to keep it. He kept it fucking secret. So why would Jim want to help him out? I think that's really upset Jim was that it was a secret. Yeah. Jim also is kind of a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, he Gustavo wanted Jim to try the wine, but he won't. And Gustavo gives a little speech before he leaves about how people think they can just take a class, buy some land, and make great wine. He's like, it has to be in your blood. It also seems like his dad maybe worked on this vineyard that Jim yeah. now owns and as and had knew about wine but never got to live that dream <laughs> of making his own wine or being the person that made the decisions even though he knew all about wine. Mm-hmm. And I mean and I like, get the idea that his happen. father died before he could yeah. you know live this dream. Probably Jim came in and bought this vineyard that his dad considered his and maybe he had a heart attack or whatever, who knows. <laughs> Whatever makes the character story more poppy, but... And then we cut to San Francisco. Bo went to ask his mom for money. It's very awkward. Yes, it is very awkward. I will say, I watched this movie with Jessica, and she was pissed. Why? (laughs) They didn't even call his yak's wig? She's like, no. She's like, he was raised in this environment, but he gets here and is like a caveman. Like, he doesn't know how to act. John said, (laughs) has he never eaten before? (laughs) He was presumably a member of this particular club his whole life until four years ago. (laughs) Or whenever his parents got divorced. Because people in Hollywood are fucking stupid. But he goes here and he doesn't know how to behave. It's like, no, you know exactly what they expect of you. Uh, but basically, like he, his he, mom is like. He clearly just steals tell somebody me. else's jacket because he's trying to make the sleeves longer because that's the tell, tell, tell sign. I, I stole this jacket. And it's like, all right, whatever, douchebags. You I didn't know you were going to need a jacket to come out. But you would think <laughs> that he would take a jacket from home and it would be one of his dad's. Even if it doesn't fit, you'd think he would have walked in with the jacket on. Because he knows yeah. he would have knows. to wear a jacket to this club because it's not his first time. Maybe mm-hmm. pulled his hair back in a ponytail. At no point did they pull this wig back in a ponytail. I mean, a half ponytail, yes, in some scenes, but never a full yeah, ponytail. There would be a sign. Which it's makes me think that this wig is so apply. cheap they couldn't. <laughs> that was a different movie. Never mind. Uh, but his mom, like at the table, pulls out her checkbook. And is like, just tell me how much you need so we can get on to the more pleasant part. Which of your it visit. can't possibly is it her money? This made me wonder: is she from money, and that's why she married his dad, and why she then divorced him and married this other guy? Because 
If not, if she's just a housewife with no, she's giving him his stepdad's money. That's a little messed up. Like I don't know that her. Stepdad. And enough for ten barrels. Yeah, that's a lot, that's of, money. A lot of money. She might have a job. Twenty thousand dollars. She might have a good job. Twenty thousand dollars in nineteen seventy six. She was a movie producer in San Francisco. Yeah. So, when to produce a movie, you don't have to be in Hollywood. In seventy six, though. Yes. Telephones is a thing. They use CB radios. Mm. Breaker, breaker, one nine. This is All Jack right. Burton coming on. You're so gonna chop when press. Gustavo is leaving the winery, he or the vineyard, he sees Sam carrying her tire, and he helps her change her tire. And she and they talk about why he got fired, and so she wants to try. She wants to try his wine, and he gives her a bottle. That's how it looked to me. Like he's yeah. like, here you go. Take the bottle. But she invites him to share it with her uh, with some crackers and sardines. Where is she living? It looks like a shack. It does look it's like a shack. It's about to fall down. She's lucky it doesn't rain a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> there's I... obviously a door, but there's also these big open windows. Mosquitoes! <laughs> mosquitoes. Are there a lot of mosquitoes in Napa? I don't I'm sure. Know, but we do see a lot of people sitting outdoors with just... Glasses of wine well, and I like, like gnats or bugs or something. <laughs> There's definitely flies. Mosquitoes like water. They have like stagnant water. Yeah, it's Napa Valley. It's yeah, but there's mosquitoes dry. everywhere. It's warm there. There's mosquitoes. You're making a big assumption. But she tries Friend his our wine. friends in Napa. Let me know. And she likes his wine so much that her clothes fall off. <laughs> I'm sorry. What now? She likes his wine so much. I like this scene. They hop, on, they hop on the good foot and do the bad thing? Yes, they do. I like that she, oh, I mean, she didn't need to have sex with him. But I liked this scene that they, that the wine and the food and they had this moment and it was this attraction. They had what's called a share. And I like that she. Fucked him. It's interesting that she's with Gustavo, who is the Mexican immigrant, instead of Chris Pine, who's the rich white kid. Mm-hmm. Although then the movie ruins it, <laughs> and which this really guy pissed me off. She went is racial, driven and smart, and he cares about and wine, cares and about she's wine. an intern because she wants to and learn about wine. He's got the dirt under his nails. This seems and the, and the, like <laughs> the guy that she should be with, the guy that really cares about wine. That's really, you know, the force that's driving these rich white people that just came in and bought a vineyard. And when I was researching, it said that. Gustavo, the real Gustavo, mm-hmm. had a baseball guy. scholarship to college, so. but his father was a um, like a, a migrant worker or something. Yes, and he was born in Mexico and came here to work and live with his yeah. father. Um, and so he got a degree from UC Davis in fermentation and, and yeah. wine stuff. And before he started working Wait a minute, at this hold vineyard. Up. So you're trying to tell me that he did not have this in his blood? He actually went to school <laughs> and learned? I mean, so you're trying to tell me it. he took a class yes. and learned how to do this? He went to college for it. But his dad did do it. Ruined the movie right there. family in Mexico while Based he did it. But he came over and did it too. And uh, then he got a degree in it. He was one of the first Mexican... To get a degree in this winemaker, with it, yes, I'm sure they have a fancy French name for people. Who and, like uh, Vintner. So. It's not a fancy French name, for it. <laughs> <laughs> but that happened before he started working at the vineyard. But presumably, he's had a lifetime yes. interest so in at, this. So at this point in his life, he had already been to college, got a degree in wine yes. making yes. or vintnerian. What do you call <laughs> fermentation? <laughs> fermentation. That's a bit like that sounds like someone who works in culture and viniculture is what she said. Or, there you uh, go, viniculture. 
Um, so the next morning, Bo shows up to pick Sam up and leaves when he realizes that Gustavo spent the night. I think they have an elective on how to make uh, wine with your feet. <laughs> 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 We're going old school, everybody. Take off your shoes. I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> so Gustavo ends up dropping her off, and Jim asks her, where's Bo? Didn't he come to pick you up? And she's like, he did, but I wasn't about to jump in the back of the truck as he drove away. Because he got mad for no reason. Like, she clearly has yeah. not, yeah. has refuted all of his advances you don't get too mad because you fucked your friend. And yeah. you fucked at least three other people since she arrived. <laughs> she has, he has no reason to be mad at her. He's just being a douchebag. Yep. <laughs> this B plot really bothers me. But uh, she asks about the grapes and the lack of watering, how the soil is dry. And he says that the grapes have to struggle a little. So they limit the irrigation to make the wine taste better. So. I wonder if that's true. I don't know. Berries, berries that struggle taste better. Mm. All right. Stephen tries I heard to the figure and out sweeter the juice. <laughs> what wines to bring back. That was, I'm sorry. That, that, that was Friday. And he's having a very difficult time. He ends up it's at Joe's said, bar with like, like 30 bottles of wine on the table. Ice cube. <laughs> and he says, these wines, they're all so good. <laughs> and she's like, what did you expect? <laughs> They'd be terrible because he's a wine snob. Jim sees a bunch of shiny new barrels in his winery and is livid. Livid. <laughs> yeah, he told his son, you're a fuck up. You don't care about your job. You don't do You need anything. to figure your shit out. And he goes and obviously begs for money so that he can help his father's struggling vineyard. And then his dad is like, I don't want to take her fucking money. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. He says he would rather go out of business than take money from her. That's why it makes me think she fucked his friend. Gifts like that cost more than money. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you already See, owe the bank 12%. You I'd rather owe 10 banks than owe her. Yeah, he Damn. hates her. Like, he's there's some venom there. Yeah, he hates her. That marriage venom. did not... Venom, venom, venom. Jim's, or, uh, Bo's like, do you want to fight? And Jim's like, no, I don't want to fight. I just want to not fail. And he punches the shit out of a cabinet. Yeah, he breaks the cabinet door. And cuts his hands. Well, that's what would happen. <laughs> Thank God for realism in that. And then he's like, by the way, I also fired Gustavo. He's running his own operation now. Which I thought was weird, but they had to insert it. I've, I think it would have been more natural if Bo had been like, hey, where's Gustavo? <laughs> I feel you know, like... he's not looking for, remember, he's mad at Gustavo as well. Oh, uh, that's I... true. So he doesn't care what happened to Gustavo right now. He's yeah, mad he because, does. He's yeah, still no, no, surprised. No. Look, if you're also... trying to bed down the girl and your friend bends down the girl, you're a little mad at the friend. You'll get I over also... it, but you're a little mad at him. I feel like he would know about Gustavo's wine if they're that good of friends. Because he wouldn't be upset about Gustavo having his own wine. And I feel like if they were really good friends, Gustavo, he would be the one person that knows Gustavo. Maybe Gustavo's just a rat and never told anybody. Gustavo's not a rat. How do you know he's not a rat? Anyways. Because you're looking at this actor's portrayal of him. To buy two bottles of the Chardonnay. (laughs) But Jim says, it's not ready. And Bo is like, that is... (laughs) Um, Jim wants to know he's like look which ones did you pick for the tasting and Steven's like there will be an announcement made in due course but I don't want to tell you and spoil the surprise and uh, Jim is like look I think that you're doing this all just to embarrass us and you're holding this tasting on the 4th of July on purpose so you can embarrass us on our birthday now this is the thing that I thought that was does weird about- yeah. no I thought it was weird because <laughs> even though Steven is British 
This is happening in France. And France doesn't fucking care that the United States beat Britain in a fucking war. Actually, <laughs> they would because the French helped us fight the British. Yes, but so they wouldn't be trying to... Let's imp- be fair here. French yes, they did because the French and the British hate each other. So France would not... Speaking. France would not care that Brit- that this one British dude is trying to embarrass us on the birthday of our country. And this one guy probably doesn't care... He's. I assume that he's not super patriotic himself about Britain in a country. because he lives in fucking France and only cares about wine. So this whole thing seems so dumb to me that this is Jim's argument about why he won't give him wine. Although Jim is just a douche, <laughs> but it just it's douche a curse. And he's like, why would I do that? And John says, I don't know to make yourself more popular in Paris. Stephen ends up. He's like, all right, so I'm out. <laughs> And Bo's like, look, we could have used the exposure. Like, even if we didn't win, just that we were showcased in this would have maybe let us sell some wine and make some money. And you're making a mistake refusing to be a part of this at all. Yeah, you fuckstick. And Jim's like, look, they will never let us win. The French are in the business of French wine, and it doesn't matter how good our wine is. They're never going to pick ours. So then Bo goes to talk to Gustavo and tries wine. And he's like, well, did you sleep with her? And he's like, just try the wine. No, that's a dude thing. He's like, no, no, I need to know if you took to, you know, pound town. He's like, did the Brit like it? He bought two bottles. He's like, well, that's saying something. Did you take old one eye to the other? Sam liked it so much that her clothes fell off. No, he says she liked it a lot. She really liked um, it. And, uh, what else she really liked? Bo likes too. it, too. <laughs> And uh, he's, he's like, it's good. D, baby. What kind of opinion is that? It's a good one. So uh, Bo decides that Stephen needs to take the the Chardonnay. So he goes to the airport and he brings him two bottles of it. He's like, I want you to take it. He's like, is your, is your dad okay with this? He's like, sure, of course. <laughs> and he knows he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> but the air, the airline won't let him take more than one bottle in his carry-on anyway. I also call bullshit on this scene. I ha- I read that in some of the uh, bad reviews. <laughs> that you call bullshit on this scene? No, that apparently back in the 70s you could just carry on with a case of wine and nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> back in the 70s you could have well, ca- carried on with a gun. Back in the 70s you could smoke What is that? That's airplane. a bomb. All right, moving on. <laughs> People were like, that's bullshit. But anyway. This they- is just more drama that the movie had to create so there was tension yeah. in the movie. Otherwise it's like, okay, whatever. Because this is a good scene about how Bo saves the... Yeah. yeah, they convince the other passengers. Everybody, well, at least twenty six of them carry on one bottle each. And some of those bottles didn't make it all the way across. <laughs> that's what, that's that's what Tony said. I said yeah, maybe in the seventies, not today, but maybe in the seventies. Wow. Like, oh hey. <laughs> yep. Oh, I so, didn't make it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the guy bro. that um, I'm reading the trivia now, that Jim Mar- Barnett, the real Jim Barnett, um, appears in the film as uh, standing next to Bill Pullman. Pullman a lot of the time when he's taking wine samples. And he shit. actually knew what to do with it. Because <laughs> well, he was the actual guy and they put him in the movie. I think that's fun. <laughs> but the guy who was actually responsible for making this wine that won didn't want to be in the movie so they cut his part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was the previous owner of the vineyard. Anyways. Um, Roger's like, no problem. He's out. Jim gets a telegram informing him that Stephen chose their wine for the tasting. And he's like, it doesn't matter. They aren't 
we're not participating. And it's in two weeks. It doesn't matter what we did to send the wine. It wouldn't show well. And Bo's like, well, the wine is already there. <laughs> I went to the airport and we made sure that every California wine was hand carried to France. Because you don't want to get bottle shock. And Jim fires but him and kicks anyway, him out. Of the and Tony goes, so is he going to do all this by himself? Now he's fired Gustavo. Now he's fired Bo. Uh -huh. <laughs> the next day, Bo goes to pack his things and leave and finds his dad kind of hungover, kind of drunk still, and pissed. <laughs> he's like, the prodigal son returns to have a laugh at his old dad. It turns out that the Chardonnay is brown. It tastes right. Everything is perfect, except it's brown. At this point, Elaine has become invested. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting I'm on the edge of her seat, really hands on the knees. She's sweating. <laughs> upset about this brown Chardonnay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my spaghetti. God, no. And at first, it's really very and, then, and now I have completely been sucked in. <laughs> and I'm so invested in this brown wine. And I'm like, oh my God, no. And I'm trying to think, well, maybe brown wine is good. Have I ever had a brown wine? I just wanted to let you know. No. At this point, I'm super Not a brown shard. Oh, Never man. had brown wine. No. So he's... Well, probably, you probably have a lot of Italian wines are brownish. He makes like Bo like, hold the bottle yeah. up to the light. And and those are like, just a darker shade of red. It's freaking brown. And now all I can do is find someone to haul away 500 cases of brown wine because I can't even look at it. See, this is one of those things. Oh, it doesn't have a good color in the glass. What does it taste like? Tastes good? I'm I, in. I mean, I don't know if I really want to drink brown wine. You don't want to drink a brown wine. This wine's not. What if it's the most delicious wine you've ever had? It happens to be brown. If I it was brown, I'd be like, ooh, I don't think that looks Not a brown shard. What if that was the best brown wine you've ever had? All right, so that's I've only never brown. had any brown wine. <laughs> All right, so what if you had this glass of wine? It was like, oh, but you had to have it with your eyes closed. Then you open your eyes, oh, the shit's brown. Would it really matter to you? It's no. doo-doo brown. Because I, I tried don't care if there's little lumps of shit floating in it. But if but, you like it, it's good. But Tony did say... I don't like Chardonnay. Somebody, one of these field hands or somebody... Somebody would have fucking wine known. And going, I'll take a case home. You don't have to haul it away. Yeah. You could sell it for a discount. You could do something. It's not hard to get rid I'm of sorry. wine for free. Someone because in Napa it's... fucking Valley would have brought this up at some point. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time believing that in the wine capital of America, no one fucking knows this is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Even in 76. Even in, se even in 1876, some motherfucker <laughs> in Napa Valley would have known that this is a thing that happens. Ugh. This is what I call utter bullshit. So Bo takes a bottle to Sam, who has an idea. Why am I sweating now? Jesus. You're very upset. <laughs> they go to UC Davis and talk to an expert who's like, it probably oxidizes. It tastes metallic. And they're like, no, it tastes perfect. And he tries it and he just starts laughing. He's like, I've read about this, but I've never seen it. He's like, basically, you made it too perfectly. It needs to be exposed to just a little bit of oxygen. Otherwise, it turns brown. But it'll go away in a couple of days. So they're like, oh, shit. shit. We gotta get back before he gets rid of all this wine. So he actually says shit. But John Lee's favorite shit. thing we gotta cover all no, we gotta cover in a movie ass. happens and their car breaks down. <laughs> I bet you like robots. Of course the car breaks down. Why? Because they're just fucking shoehorned as much goddamn tension as they can fucking get. As soon as that happened, I said John's gonna be very pissed that they got a flat tire for no reason. I want everybody like, to And know. then what happened? Fucking zombies, man, came out of nowhere. And Lizzie Bennett came out and was like, I got this. 
So Ben <laughs> put poisonous gas on him. So Ben, picture John being all upset, and right now he's making this gesture that looks like he's fisting someone. <laughs> it's a real don't bag. picture that. <laughs> like, no, no one should have to picture that. They're just shoehorning in as much. Look, tension. look at him. Look like, at what he's doing. Don't look at that. Don't look at Someone. Don't look at it, Miriam. Oh, They're like, man. no loop. They're just putting it in there as hard as they can. Give right, it, though. That's That's a hard, hard one. Not really good. No, reach so, around and nothing. Anyway, they end up getting a ride from a cop who agrees to drive them back because Sam won't stop showing him a roots. Um, <laughs> so, first, first Bo tries to hitch and no one will stop. Hitchhike and no one will stop. At no time do I believe if this if they actually got a flat tire, would Bo be the one? They out ran there out of gas. Trying... They didn't actually get a flat That's tire. That's true. But you're right, they mm-hmm. ran out of gas. Sorry, misspoke. I've been drinking. Um <laughs> But at no time do I believe that Bo would be the one trying to hitchhike. It's always the girl, especially in seventy six. You know why? Because you're more likely Boobs. to stop. No, it's not because that. you're more likely to stop for a girl because yes, you, think you she are. can't fix the car. That's, That's what's true. called sexual stereotypes. But whatever. And then she flashes her bubes. That wouldn't make and me stop. And the next car down the road is a cop. Smoke oh, machine geez. next door. Smoke machine is just happening. We may need to shut that window. <laughs> <laughs> They're not supposed to start till six, although it is fifteen minutes to six. You got to get ambiance. But you guys uh, want to go? We can head up. Anyways, <laughs> by the time they get back, we were invited. It's not the letting us. The wine has already been hauled away, and Jim has gone to San Francisco to try to get his old job back. He goes to the law firm, and before talking to the boss, he gives Marge, the office lady, a bottle of wine in a bag that's like burlap or something. Yeah. And he's like, this isn't a gift, but if... Which, that's not okay. <laughs> I don't yeah, hand somebody a bottle of wine and be like, this is not a gift. If it's you a just need to wine, hold this until I, deci- until I decide I want to have a harebrained dream. And, and then, then show, it show it to you. So, Carl, if I give you a bottle of wine, so this is not a gift. I want you to hold this. <laughs> Wow, Tony the wine guy thought that was How many funny. days would it be before you drank that bottle of wine? Days? <laughs> you know what? When did you get me that case of wine? Oh my God, he buys you I wine mean, by the case. Yes, he does. Thank you. We know why she's with you, dude. It's not I'm surprising. Not, I'm not saying anything. How many it's not the only reason she loves you, but it is the deciding factor. How many are in a case? Twelve. At How? least five are still on our dining And it's been table. three whole days. No, it's been more than a week. <laughs> I'm just saying. How, how long has it been? And then at least one of those bottles was very measures for someone in a different life. When did Tony bring and wine sometimes it just takes knowing your job is a wine guy. That's when he got me this case of wine. It's not like I drink So a of the 12, of the one of them was for me. I have some willpower. <laughs> Are you going through one of those phases where you're not drinking so that you're not an alcoholic? It, no, I'm actually not. But I only drink on the weekends. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If it was a wine, if it was a Merlot, I'm never touching it. <laughs> what if it was a Chardonnay? You can give it to her sister. Mm. Hey, could, it would sit around till a holiday, probably, when I would take it to Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner. So what you're saying is I need to take back that case of Merlot that I got you for Christmas. Yes. Or I just would, keep it for yourself. I would never buy you wine for anything. What kind of wine do you like the best, John? Do you Merlot. Like Merlot. Interesting. But I don't My like Merlot. Knows. What do you drink mostly? I, I prefer a red blend, but I like a Pinot Grigio. I like a Cabernet. I like what a lot of people like. I, she, I likes, would, she likes Gewurztraminers and sweet wines. Yes, and that's true. Rieslings. And 
fruit forward with. Yes, I, I would do. also never buy wine for someone who's marrying a wine guy. I'm not. Like, there's no way I'm gonna get that right. The only way I'd buy you wine is be like, hey man, buy her some wine. Here's it's some money. I like a Malbec. I, I like a lot of. But I don't like a Merlot. I like pretty much every red except... You don't like Merlot? Syrah gives me a headache because it's too sweet. Yeah. I do like... And I don't mind a Syrah. Okay. And Merlot. Because it's sweet. Anything like else. Sweet so this blend has Syrah in it, I believe. Mm-hmm. I would okay. say that I am what you call someone who doesn't enjoy wine. <laughs> so I like sweeter wines. Because I always say people who... Like people like sweet yeah, wines are your gateway wine, and then you find other wines, and you're like, oh, I'll never go back yeah. to sweet wines. Like marijuana's a gateway drug. Yeah. No, marijuana's not a gateway drug. It is for some people. They said, I have a theory about that. Oh, well, I like how we're going to stop one theory if you give another theory that's... Well, they say that marijuana is a gateway drug, not because smoking pot makes you want to do other drugs, but because it's illegal, so you have to deal with a drug dealer who will then try to get you to buy more addictive, higher-priced drugs. That's not why. But, that's not why. in reality, marijuana does not... The reason they it's call it a gateway drug is because some people want that initial. The first time you get high on a substance is the highest you're ever going to be. So the first time you smoke weed, you're going to be high as fucking giraffe nostrils. And the next time, you're not going to be that high again, so you have to find a more potent drug. So then you, you up the game. So someone who's always chasing that high will up the game until you hit, like, heroin. And there's really no up from that. are chasing that high. <laughs> people do. Yeah. Not, well, with, not marijuana, but did. other drugs, yes. Yeah. I knew one like of my friends high, that I smoked weed with in high school wanted to try, like, ecstasy and shrooms and stuff, but never anything. Most people will try harder drugs and only do it, like, once because they want to know what it's like to be that high. They're like, nope, didn't dig it. But there's a really small percentage of people that really like being that goddamn high. Well... Because for people that I've talked to, they linked, don't like being on the hard drugs because you lose all semblance of control. It's yeah. apparently very linked to mental illness yeah. because people who are perfectly ha- happy and have good things in their life are on super strong drugs all the time. They have knee surgery. They have <laughs> heart attacks. They, like, they have fucking surgery and they have to go on all these barbiturates for pain meds and they do their time and then they take their beds and then they get better and they stop taking them because they're perfectly happy and well adjusted but people with mental illness are the ones that get addicted to fucking oxycontin or heroin it's the same kind of drug used for the same purposes that's another thing but anyways how do we get there carly is one of those people that really likes wine i'm not one of those people that really likes wine which is why i like my sweet wines because really if i wanted an alcoholic beverage i would get something with tequila in it (laughs) because i like the way it tastes i don't like the tequila taste he gets Yet taken you ordered back. that giant margarita yesterday. It wasn't supposed to taste like straight tequila. Omar went, was hooking hooking me up, air quotes, and there was like half tequila and then a little lime juice in it. It was really good. It was a Mexican restaurant we need to try it. Oh, we'll, we'll go together. It'll be fun. Okay. I know people there. We've never taken it to Las Palmas. We should. Yeah. It's really it's good. It's amazing. It is okay. amazing. I'm down. All right. So he gets taken back to the boss's office. The boss comes in and it's his ex-wife's new husband. And he's like, hey. At least once a week. I've talked to the partners, and the, we've agreed to take you back, but not as a partner. Which yeah, it's pretty, I totally get. Fuck I'm you. Yeah. Quit. Yeah. <laughs> not only did you, you quit, but I'm now married to your wife. So I, I thought the next guys. words out of his mouth is, we're going to have you started in the mail room. <laughs> <laughs> no, evidently he just gets a regular job. Let me just explain. I would never take that man back. <laughs> Unless he never, was, he must have been a phenomenal lawyer. Are certified yeah. to practice law in the state of California. Why do you need to go back to that firm? Go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have competition? Go to the competition. I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, Sam and Bo go to Joe's to drink, and they talk about how Bo is a loser, but at least he has a good heart. Sam has one too. 
Gustavo comes in and says he heard what happened and wants to know if they told Jim yet. And they're like, no, it'll kill him. Joe comes up and she's like, blind taste test anyone? I bought a bunch of this wine earlier and I want y'all to try it and tell me what you think. And it's the wine. <laughs> the one, the Chateau de Mont Montague. Montalena. Montalena, Montague, that's a different that's thing. That's a different one. <laughs> Apparently. That's the, an Italian one. The yeah. guys that were hired to haul it to the dump didn't really want to go all the way to the dump. They wanted to try to get, get the bottle, recycle bottle. Right. Yeah, and she was like, I'll handle that. I'll give you a little bit of money. You just leave it in the back. So they did. And it's not brown anymore. It's perfectly fine. And I call bullshit on this entire scene because <laughs> nobody would be like, I gave them a little money. All right, let's say it was 100 bucks. Uh, now you're at 100 bucks. So what you want for that is you're at 100 bucks and you get a case of wine. Which every time they've talked about bottles of wine, they've been implying that they're all like five bucks. Now, had she, she says, leave me a case. Had she been more in the know, or like if she'd been a wine person, maybe she'd be like, well, I'll keep this because these bottles might be worth $800 next year. Yeah. But she's not. She can't even pour no. one. And at one point it's <laughs> she's, implied... She's open it, yeah. At one point, it's implied that she has slept with Bo in the past, and it did not super end great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this whole scene, although she bullshit. is in on their silly um, bar hustling, bet. hustling, yeah. bar hustling. Well, because yeah. she gets a cut. So, she's like, just leave me a case and take the rest out. Because, oh, why was this in here? Because oh, this movie, whoever the writers were, wanted to fucking shoehorn in Bo the goddamn was so <laughs> I was so invested in this one. <laughs> when they got, they the car went dead, they couldn't get back to the wine, it was gone forever. I was like, of course they'll catch it in time, but then they didn't, and I was so upset. And then, of course, they walk back there and they see all the cases, and I'm like, oh my God, Joe saves the day. I was really <laughs> invested in this plot line, though. As a viewer... I don't care how ridiculous it is. I loved it. I was like, oh my God, thank God. The wine. You were surprised why? Because no, there was a movie about no, this mysterious I was wine? Yeah, it was about that movie about the really good wine they got pulled no, away. No, this is the thing. I expected them to get back just in the nick of time to save the wine from being hauled off. I actually but they it. didn't. And then I was sad because I thought, oh my God, it really, like it was destroyed. And I knew that Alan Rickman had the wine, so I was like, it's going to win, and then there isn't going to be any to sell. Mm -hmm. But then, which I thought, I mean, I didn't look up the history or facts, so I'm just invested as a viewer. You only call and I'm sad. I'm sad because this wine is going to win this competition, and there isn't going to be any of it. But then... She okay. saved it, and I was so excited and happy. Like, you saw me. I was on the fucking edge of the couch. I was like, oh, my God. She was like, Jesse Spam. That and one he's laughing at me, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I got invested. She was so excited. I was. I don't know why. Night. This well, movie starts off so boring, and yet it gets so good. I don't know. They, they call the law office looking for Jim, and he's like, tell him I'll call him tomorrow. He, he says it's, it's urgent, urgent, so he takes the call, and he's like, look. I'm I'm looking at 500 cases of golden colored Chateau Montalena, and Jim stands up and he's like, "Bo, that's not funny." And he's like, "It changed back, Dad. It's all good." And he he goes insane. <laughs> he opens it up in the middle of the fucking building and starts pouring it for he, all the employees. He I'm runs like, out to March and he gets the bottle funny. and then he's like, "This is a law office. No one has a corkscrew." Of course not. <laughs> what? Are you expecting these poor legal secretaries to be drinking all day just to get through work? And because if they're drinking, you might expect the partners to have a bottle of scotch in their drawer, but yeah. they probably don't have a corkscrew. And if it's no. champagne, <laughs> they don't need the corkscrew for that. So, mm -hmm. no, they're not going to have a corkscrew. But they had a samurai sword available. Yeah, yeah. he that ends up opening it. It's so that. great. 
And then he Stand back. He's like passing it out to everyone. Why is his samurai sword sharp? I would believe that there was a sword in this building, right? Well, and we, I would believe no. that maybe he knows the cut off the top of the bottle Wang Chi style. But why is that sword sharp? Because if it's a real authentic samurai sword. Do I think this douchebag has an authentic samurai sword? It was money. on the wall he like it was a gift. He stole his buddy's wife. <laughs> He's a douche. She's all of a sudden on that. <laughs> A minute ago, she was no. They probably got divorced. I don't know the story, but I'm just assuming it's not because she cheated on him. Some Japanese guy sold him some fucking, gave him a fucking Uh. fake because he's never given him a real thing because he's a douchebag that sleeps with his buddy's wife. (laughs) Finish your story. I'll shut up now. Oh man. Okay. So anyway, he's like, he's back in business. He's like, enjoy the wine, everybody, and he's out. He is not coming back to work as a lawyer. They all pull up cups and they're all tasting it. And Marge is like, this is the best wine I've ever had. <laughs> Bitch, how much wine have you had? Carly, if you had the best wine ever, would you know? If it was a Chardonnay, no. <laughs> I might be like, wow, I like this more than other Chardonnays. <laughs> but even called? if it's like, not a Chardonnay. Tell, tell like, I know you have wines you like and wines you don't like. But if it was like the best ever, would you even be able to tell her? Would you just be like, I would oh, be good. able to tell gonna, that it was good. It's Whether be, it's the best, no. It, unless you're like a sommelier or something, it's going to be personal taste. Yeah. You know, I can hand you a $200 bottle of wine. You drink it and go, Ugh, I don't like this. You know, that's because you handed it to me. Well, but like, saying, it's true. A red that, that is smooth <laughs> right out of the bottle, I'm usually down for. Mm-hmm. It, like you can tell by how smooth it is, and so like you can tell the down to drink. I can be like, this is a good wine, but will I? Will I know that it's the best? No, probably not. Okay. I mean, you're the most wine knowledgeable people I know. Sure. So he goes. I don't know anybody more knowledgeable at wines than Carly and Tony. And he meets with the other winemakers who are going to be represented at the tasting. And they all agree that somebody needs to go to the tasting to represent the California wines. And everybody thinks it should be Jim. And he's like, nope, you're wrong. Jim, Jim, Aaron, Jim. Nobody thinks it should be Bo. Yeah. But he's like, (laughs) look, he just saved my vineyard in the last week. (laughs) <laughs> and they were like, and then they all was like, oh, okay, well, we'll agree. Bo, are you going to cut your yak's wig? No. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, have you ever seen Are you going to put on real pants that are not bell bottom jeans? No. Nah. So, no, it'll be fine. So the night before Bo leaves, he's cleaning up after the work day, and Sam comes in to wish him oh, luck. God, this for makes so And she mad. kisses him for luck. And he's like, this? I could use more kisses. There's 12 vineyards involved. This pisses me off because it's so. I don't have a problem with there being a romantic B plot or C plot or F plot with Guzman and there's Gustavo. Gustavo. I keep going. And um, I like that she liked him. Mm -hmm. I don't want her to like Chris Pine. I want her and Bo to just be friends. Why do they? Why does there have to be this romantic element because here? Because he's the lead. But it bothers me. It makes for a better story if she just gives him a kiss for luck, and they link arms and they go off to have some cheese and crackers or some <laughs> bullshit. It bothers me that it's implied that there's this big romantic moment with these characters. Yeah, and also him and Gustavo aren't friends now. But I feel like this is Hollywood shoving this predictable love story down my throat and I don't like it. Yep. It would have been... They're, they're I, I shoving a whole lot of shit in this movie. If she just continued to see Gustavo, 
And or even if she just fucked him that one time and it was fine. Like she doesn't need to be also with Bo. And she could have just been like part of his trying to become a less yeah. of a loser. I could get somebody like that once I have grown up a little and become less of a loser. Why would she even want to have sex with him? He's had sex with half of Napa Valley. He probably has the clap. <laughs> wow. Twice. Anyways. So the next morning, Gustavo stops by and gives Bo money because he didn't have any to contribute when everybody else did. What's the 70s? He won it fair and square at Age Joe's. weren't even a thing yet. Not yet. Bo says it's too much, but Gustavo's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> And I just want to make sure you know that I thank you for representing all of us in Paris. Jim comes out and sees this, and he offers Gustavo his job back. And then Bo arrives. At what the if chase. Gustavo was ever actually fired? That was just some stuff, you know, they. Probably not. In the because, movie? Like I said earlier, he only worked at this vineyard for. And he didn't make his own wine until 1996. And he only <laughs> worked at this vineyard for like two months before this tasting happened. Oh, that's <laughs> 20 years later. So this is Hollywood writers just shoehorning in some shit, huh? But that's what they do. That's amazing. Yes. Gotta make a true story a little interesting. Based on a true story. As in, 99% of this shit didn't happen. The only thing that happened was this vineyard had a wine that won yeah. this contest. Hey, spoilers. So you said it a minute ago. I know. Tasting. About three times so far. He's greeted by a very excited Maurice. But it made Tony laugh. Who's like, hey, you're pretty young to have your own vineyard, but maybe that's why your wine is brown. And he's like, please tell me why wine isn't brown. He's like, eh. <laughs> Steven says hi to Bo and is... Definitely ruined the blind aspect of the... And Bo <laughs> is disappointed by there being only one journalist... I guarantee you, if there was a brown wine, yeah. then none of them would have picked it. Yeah. Like, this tastes like piss. Yeah. Could have been delicious. <laughs> the judges arrive, and the event begins. Stephen gives a speech about why he decided to do this event and how surprised he was by the quality of the wine in California. And then they start with the whites. They take a break after the whites so they can tally the scores. I like how they didn't even really go over the reds. And they're like, who won? Stephen figures it out, won't tell anyone. He goes to Bo. He takes him outside and he says, "Hey." No, no. He grabs his suitcase and is like, "Come on." Do so it looks like they're gonna tell him you need to go. Some respectable clothes and maybe a comb in this bag. <laughs> he has a jacket, but and, no comb. And he has neither. <laughs> he has a jacket, but That's no comb. That's not respectable. It's like corduroy. <laughs> yeah, it's like a red corduroy. It was jacket. seventy-six, man. Corduroy was okay. No, it wasn't. At um, least it wasn't a Canadian tuxedo. It turns out uh, that Chateau Montalena wins for the whites and uh the judges are pretty appalled by the mm -hmm. fact that they just voted for a california wine over the french wines headlines read about how american wines beat out the french in a blind tasting people all over the place start asking for napa wines at stores and restaurants as in people as in three. specifically confusion. this particular 73 yes. which they can't find, find anywhere, anywhere because nobody sells it <laughs> they gotta go to this one bar it yeah. Turns out, yeah. <laughs> this one bar in Napa Valley. Or you gotta order it from the winery. Stephen has become a pariah, and but but he doesn't seem upset about that. No, he yeah. says as in he can't make any money. He says we've shattered the myth of the invincible French vine, and now people will start drinking wine from South America, Australia, New Zealand, Argentina. Everywhere. Which I said to John, Australian Shiraz was a big deal. And South American Reds deal. are some of mine and Tony's favorites. Yeah. So, Well, there you go. 
He's like, this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. But I have to move out of France because I can't make any money. Mm -hmm. And I need money to eat. <laughs> Napa's Stag's Leap Wine Cellars won for the Reds at that tasting. And in 2006, Steven Spurrier organized a 30-year anniversary rematch. And California won again. Again. And one of the bad reviewers talked about how they don't even talk about the Stag's Leap Wine, which actually won. And I'm like, actually, two won. Because <laughs> they had red and white. <laughs> and then we learned that... They have put them in the Smithsonian. And it's the end. All right, what'd you think, John? Why you go to me first? Like because she always goes to you first. To not like your To shit like on my shit. Okay. So, <laughs> my favorite character, Gustavo. Mm hmm. Guzman? He's a good choice. <laughs> Gustavo. Bam something. Bambino, Bambilo. I can't remember. If I had more kids, they'd be named Guzman and Odette. <laughs> hope, your, hope your future husband really digs it. I want to buy some fish just so I can name some them fish. Guzman and Odette. And I don't know why your fish keep dying. <laughs> uh, my least favorite I'm my character. My 15th Guzman. My least favorite character is Bo. Mm. And his father tied. Mm. Really? That's intriguing. Because yes. they both suck. Hmm. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite line you wrote down for me there. I guess you could take a picture of me, but I'm not pretty. That's what Time Magazine <laughs> Time calls Magazine Jim. Calls Jim. And Jim's like, sure, I guess. But um, my favorite scene. I also wrote down. Is the airport scene mm -hmm. where Chris Pine's like, "Hey, anybody going to France who wants to carry a bottle of wine?" Everyone's like, "Sure, I'll do yeah. it." This is like, other than You're it being complete and utter bullshit, it's a really cool scene. <laughs> but I can see why you'd write that and put it in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, what did I forget? My favorite tertiary object. Mm -hmm. My favorite tertiary object. I really don't have one. Mm -hmm. Really? Because there's really not much going on. It's not the guacamole? No, it's not the guacamole. <laughs> I'm going to go with the dilapidated old boxing ring that they beat each other up in mm -hmm. because, sure. I didn't like either one of those characters and they're getting punched in the face at the time. <laughs> so we'll go with that. Um, I, I got, I got an A. I'm sorry. I, I got it. <laughs> this is why you go first. <laughs> I mean, when the movie started, I was like, oh, it's about them making this wine and they're an upstart. That could be cool. Wow. They're just shoehorning in some whole, real, a whole lot of implausible things. Oh, they're stacking them up. Oh, now they're getting fucking stupid. Oh, they're just going to do that thing where they put as much shit as they can. Yeah. That took me out of the movie. I'm out. So that's why I didn't really dig it. All right. But I understand they won. Good for them. Congratulations. <laughs> fuck the French people because, you know, they fuck with us. <laughs> All right, Tony, I'm letting you go next. You better yay this. <laughs> My favorite character and least <laughs> favorite character switch back and forth. Wow. Because it's my favorite character in the beginning was Jim, but quickly became my least favorite character. And my least favorite character in the beginning was Bo, but then by the end I was okay with Bo. You wow. had a good arc. Yeah. So I liked Jim this. because he was a single dad that worked real hard. But by the end, he was a piece of shit. But his name isn't Reba, so. No. See, if he was a single mom. Yeah, then that's it. He'd be a survivor. But my favorite line was, uh, my friend doesn't want to fight, but he also doesn't want to be addressed with a disparaging colloquial expressions. Some sort of genetic. That imply. That Im some sort of, yeah, that imply some sort of cultural inferiority or that are simply used out of some form of inappropriate 
ethnocentrism. Ethnocentrism. Sorry, oh, you memorized or you reading it? No, he made me go back and find it in the movie so he could write it down. <laughs> oh, but then I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> that um, is a problem, isn't it? Well, I'm used to typing. Uh, my favorite scene is the truck fight. I thought that was funny. If you're used to typing, why do you own six thousand notebooks? He's also used to writing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my favorite Trisha object was the wine barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll maybe it. It was okay. Like, like uh, I think Elaine said, it's very boring in the beginning, but once it gets going, you're like, okay, this is all right. Mm-hmm. All right, Elaine, what do you think? All right, well, my favorite character is Bo, and my least favorite character is Jim. I really thought that Bo had the best character arc. He starts out as a fuck-up who just wants to surf and get high, and he turns out he saves the whole day. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that. Then he starts to care about shit in his life. And my least favorite character is Jim because he has apparently orchestrated this whole thing where he gets to punch his kid in the face. <laughs> he also tells his kid he needs to care about stuff. And then when his kid sacrifices his dignity to ask his mom for money, then he gets pissed off. Mm-hmm. And, and when his kid is going out of his way to try to get this thing to happen, he fires him. <laughs> and he fires Gustavo, who is good at his job just because he went and bought some grapes on the side. Like, it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he went to the food line. Grapes, man. Ain't cool. Well, John and I fought over favorite scene, and he won, so he got one at the airport. But I'm going to take Chardonnay at the law office as my favorite scene. That was All my right. backup. Because it just was so much fun to see him running through the law office with With a a sword. (laughs) And it's just him so excited. And they're all trying the Chardonnay and it's so good. And I don't even like Chardonnay. (laughs) Uh, My favorite tertiary object is Chris Pine's Yaks wig. (laughs) And I had a really hard time with the favorite line. It's not like there isn't good dialogue in this movie. Just nothing really stuck out. So I'm going to go with one. Is Sunlight Held Together by Water? Alright. So this movie started and I was like, oh, I don't care. I don't care. And then all of a sudden I started to care wow. somewhere halfway through. And then she through. cared a whole lot. <laughs> and then I was really fucking invested. And even though this is based on a true story and this is not obviously what happened, even though the end result is that these wines won and now they're in Smithsonian, which is actually pretty cool, mm-hmm. and that this is what turned around the Napa Valley wine industry and made them this global name that they are today, which is also good for them. Um, this is a good... This is a well-told story. Like, the screenplay builds, and you don't care, and then all of a sudden you're very invested. They did well with the character development, because I did care. Mm-hmm. So, I wish it had been slightly shorter, because I felt... They could have cut. I think they could have cut some more minutes. stuff from the beginning. Like, I didn't need that scene where just Bo was hanging out with his friends getting high. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked it, and I would watch it again, so I'm going to give it a yay. A surprising yay. More like, yay. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Came out of nowhere. Oh. All right. My favorite character was Steven because I love Alan Rickman. Whoa, <laughs> I saw that coming. My least favorite character was Bo's mom. Yeah. Because I just didn't like her. She, I didn't like how at the table with her friends, she was like, just tell me how much money you need. Like, mm-hmm. that. Can we do this in private? Like, <laughs> That might be common for rich people. I don't know. I'm not rich people. I've never asked a rich person for money. Um, Well, you suspect she cheated on her husband, so. My favorite scene are the ones with Steven and Maurice, because I liked them, two two of them together. My favorite line, I don't know why I liked it so much, but when he goes into the cafe, when Steven goes into the cafe to talk to Senior Mm -hmm, whatever or whatever, um, and he's like, may I join you? And he goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just loved it. It made me laugh. <laughs> and my favorite tertiary object was the cars. I don't know why. I just liked them. John did too. They and don't make actually, fun cars anymore. I watched this with Jessica on Friday, and she said that her ex-husband's parents were extras in this movie because her um, ex-husband's mother's husband like stepdad mm-hmm. um, father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate yeah when the California, trivia they said that they used cars yeah, from the special car club. car club so he and his wife oh, that's are fun. extras we couldn't find them though we looked because she knows them you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyways I'm also going to get it I enjoyed it I thought it was uh, a fun time and I was going to try to pick a football movie because it's football season, but then I ended up picking a wine movie because it's also wine season. Buy some wine for Thanksgiving. She should have picked Draft Day. I watched the first half an hour and I just didn't care. She makes my heart hurt. Also, when is it it not wine season? Well, I mean, just wine season kind of ramps up around the holidays. Buy lots of wine this season. Let's get Tony some wine. You know what I've been thinking about lately is Concord Grapes. They don't have Concord grapes around here. I've been looking in all the grocery stores. They always, you get the first frost and then your Concord grapes are ripe. And when I was growing up, we would always get Concord grapes in the fall. And there are just no fucking Concord grapes around here. Well, we haven't had a frost yet. I know, but I've been keeping my eyes at Wegmans. Every time I go in there, I look for Concord grapes. There's no Concord grapes. Where are the Concord grapes? Audra, send me some Concord grapes. Uh, No, don't do that, Audra. (laughs) I like Concord grape jelly. It's good. Because Concord grapes are the best kind of grapes. Okay. I bet that would be good. You need to find a song. All right. That you're okay. one, so, but I gotta find, I gotta Carly. Find okay. Please find us on <laughs> Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. You better pick that wine song, by the way. Uh, that's what I gotta find. I just gotta find it. On <laughs> Instagram at unmoviedogs. And, um, Unmovie podcast dogs. And, and, rate, review us, subscribe, become one of our followers. And this next po- week on the podcast... Is Elaine's pick. So I've decided to go with Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. And I hope that John does not nay this just because he's decided he hates Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Because this movie is surprisingly good. And you guys will all be surprised by how great it is. I just have a lot of fundamental issues with Dwayne Johnson. But I really like this song. (laughs) Yeah. Then like, I took a screenshot of it once I found it. So I was going to make my up. favorite scene the credits because I like the song, but I didn't want Carla to go, oh. What is the station? Is it 99.3? Mm-hmm. Is like an oldie station? Like a they used big to be the 1920s kind of. station, but they, yeah, they moved up the to the 1920s. Like but now they play like stuff from the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. But in the evening on the drive home, it's all like fucking bluegrass and blues and stuff like this. And this is the kind of thing that they would play mm-hmm. on the drive home. I listen to it all the time. I don't know why I like weird music in the car. Elaine's drunk. I can't go get the food then. 